five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. I'm Mark Boucher. On this week's episode of The Space Economy, I'm talking to Tahir Morali, COO of the startup 4Pi Lab, who are planning to build a constellation of small satellites in low Earth orbit to detect small wildfires. It's a fascinating idea. Once operational, the service is designed to give communities and governments who want access to the data as early a heads up as possible so the decision makers can decide what to do about the wildfires. But before they begin building the satellites, the company is working on developing its optical sensor. After a word from our sponsor MDA, we'll hear from Tahir about their story and business case. Serving the world from its Canadian home and global offices, MDA is an international space mission partner and a robotics, satellite systems, and geo-intelligence pioneer with 50 years of experience developing custom technology solutions to some of the world's biggest challenges. Today, they are leading the charge towards viable moon colonies, enhanced Earth observation, communication in a hyper-connected world, and more. To learn more, visit mda.space. That's mda.space. Welcome to here to the Space Economy Podcast. Thank you very much, Mark, for uh, for having me today. All right. Your company is based in Calgary and is only a couple of years old, so you're a startup. I first heard about your company when it was selected for the Creative Destruction Lab Accelerator Program last year. Uh, and the first thing that caught my attention was the company name. So before we learn more about your company and what it is you do, can you give us an idea of how you got the name? Of course. So 4Pi Lab is, is, our, is our name, and it's... Uh, it's quite unique and it's got it has its roots of course in, in in math and science and so if you want to take the technical aspect of it it actually is defined as the solid angle of a complete sphere in steridians and so essentially it just defines the sphere of our earth and our world uh, in in math terms so hence hence four pi and four pi lab doing some, some great things here uh, in terms of the environment and um you know the commercial success of what we're seeing is the earth observation market uh, as you know, taking that hockey stick curve up and, and a lot of downstream applications that we look forward to participating with. All right. Well, that was a clear explanation. Now, as you know, the space economy is growing and it's new companies like yours that can contribute to that growth. Now, in particular, you're entering the Earth observation market and you're developing a sensor to detect small wildfires. You're planning to put that small sensor, basically an advanced camera, on small satellites to create a satellite constellation. Now, this sounds like an innovative idea to me. So how did your company get the idea and decide to go ahead with it? Of course, so, and, and thank you, exactly. So 4 pies is developing an early wildfire detection monitoring uh, uh, data solution in order to provide very, very uh, timely early detection of wildfires with, with great resolution. And it's not something that currently exists. Uh, in the marketplace. And the reason why uh, we've come to wanting to be able to do this, uh, this bold endeavor is, is that there is so much, um, so much impetus uh, for saving our environment and, and being able to support our climate of, of our world. And that's, that's kind of the underlying uh, 
uh, passion for, for our team. And my CEO, uh, Stephen Etchell, who comes from the, uh, you know, world-class expert and designer of um, uh, optical um, and, and non-optical uh, airborne and spaceborne sensors, he comes from that world, um, really sat down one day and said, you know, we, didn't, we don't want to, we shouldn't leave our world in a state it's in for our future generations and actually decided to take an early retirement uh, to start Warpi uh, late last year and, and build, um, build on his knowledge and capacity and the ability to say, well, you know, there's something we can do about this. Um, and part of uh, part of uh, that ride was to be able to, as you mentioned, uh, join up with the, the Creative Destructive Lab in, in Toronto and join the space stream there uh, to be able to really uh, focus and hone in on the particular uh, aspects of the space sector that would be applicable in the Earth observation sphere for what it is we would like to do. Um, the other side of the coin, of course, um, that we all see all the time is how do we commercialize something like this? How do we be able to build a, a true business case that is sustainable in the long term? So not just a flash, you know, a pan flash and a fire, but really build something that will deliver quality value added to a number of different users and customers. May they be um, governments uh, and wildfire management agencies in our case. Uh, may they be insurance companies that are looking to de-risk certain sectors. May they be uh, the, uh, you know, the industrial operators in the remote parts of our great country that need timely access to data to be able to protect their billion dollar assets. Um, so these are the kind of things that we're, you know, 4Pi came about to be able to support. And of course, for every, um, you know, every detection of a wildfire that we find, there's two, uh, let's say the, 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 the decision tree takes two ways. It's either you let it burn because that's natural for all forests, or you, uh, you take an action. So whether that's going out there to suppress it and put extinguish the fire, whether you hold it and curtail it in, in a certain fashion, uh, those are decisions that are taken by um, agencies to be able to execute that. But they need access to really readily available data to make those decisions. And that's part of what we're solution designed to do. All right. So earlier this spring, you graduated from the Creative Destruction Lab and you received a Canadian Space Agency Space Technology Development Program contribution of $250,000 for your Epic Light camera system. Congratulations. So tell us about the Epic Camera Light system and the study you're doing. Excellent, and uh, thank you for that. So yes, we, uh, we were very, very pleased to be able to receive a, um, a, uh, a grant, for, sorry, a contribution from the Canadian Space Agency with regards to um, helping us develop our, our sensor. And so our, our overall constellation is called the Epic Constellation. Um, and um, our Epic Light is essentially the ground version of what the, uh, the sensor will, will be based, uh, the space-based sensor. Uh, but in order to get there, of course, the natural, um, the natural design flow of uh, building a sensor uh, from scratch and being able to uh, provide the true value-added solution that we're offering uh, requires us to take certain steps in order to get there. And so um, we, our, our proprietary technology that we're developing uh, will allow us the capability to detect very small wildfires as small as five meters in size from uh, you know, a low Earth orbit of approximately 600 kilometers above the Earth's atmosphere, uh, Earth's surface, sorry. Now, when doing that, you're looking through about you know, 10 kilometers-ish of atmospheric uh, density. And so, you know, there's, uh, there's propagations and a deterioration of the item that you're trying to image on the surface of the Earth. Um, but if you can uh, confidently demonstrate that your technology has developed and has the, the true power to be able to look through 10 kilometers, say, of atmosphere on the ground, it's a really good uh, analog equivalent 
to um, to being able to say we have a, actually a really robust product. So our Epic Light uh, design is is very is is very is essentially very similar to what our space based design will look like in terms of the sensor and the uh, the telescope. Uh, but we're doing it on the ground to be able to uh, basically uh, ground proof and proof that our uh, our technology is viable in the way that we expect it to be. And so uh, we're planning to light a series of controlled wildfires on the eastern uh, edge of the Rocky Mountains, about 70 kilometers away from Calgary, and actually set up our system to scan for these fires, um, working closely with Parks Canada and Alberta Agriculture and Forestry uh, to be able to uh, allow us to generate that data, validate our technology, um, and be able to make the tweaks necessary for uh, for readiness for spaceflight. And so, uh, with with the support of the Canadian Space Agency, we've actually accelerated those plans uh, to uh, to set up our, our tests that we're targeting for the spring of 2021. Well, that's exciting, uh, and there's some new information there that I wasn't aware of. So that's great. Beyond developing the sensor, uh, you want to build a constellation of wildfire detecting satellites, which we've sort of touched on. So, you know. There are companies out there that uh, what they do is they build the sensor and then they sell the sensor. So uh, because and part of the reason why they do that is because, you know, they're good at developing sensors and they don't want to take, you know, the effort in terms of the cost to actually develop a constellation and actually do it themselves. So why why not just uh, I'll ask it two ways. Why not just develop the sensor uh, and sell it to those who want it, whether it's uh, national space agencies or some other commercial company. So that's one question. And then uh, I suppose related to that is, why not have the sensor hosted on another low Earth orbit constellation as opposed to you developing your own? And, well, there's more satellites in space, which we're having a space traffic management issue as it is. So there's two questions for you to tackle. Oh, absolutely, and and they are the, the the typical questions that you would you would sit down as a team and and respectfully try to answer as you build your business case and and your business plan. And so, um, and and there there are multiple ways to be able to approach the same problem. So our our added value is the entire solution itself. So we're not in the business of just being a hardware a hardware manufacturer. We're not in the business of just developing software. We're in the business of providing a end to end value added solution. And as a result. Um, that allows us to be a bit more uh, sustainable when it comes to the business case in, in the value um, that we can deliver to our customers. Um, and so we, we've, we've taken a strategic decision to, uh, to not only uh, take advantage of building, uh, building and designing the sensor, uh, but we are looking at using uh, commercial off-the-shelf uh, products when it comes to, for example, our satellite bus. So again, we're not in the business of building hardware. We're in the business of developing or delivering, excuse me, a solution that will provide the value added um, to the end user. And so, uh, you know, along the way, we want to ensure that we are keeping our costs down because yes, I 100% agree that constellation building a building out a constellation is very, you know, cap, capex or capital expense uh, heavy, um, and and a lot of uh, a lot of companies struggle to to be able to say, okay, well, we're going to go build all these things. But how are we going to get the money to be able to fund it? Um, and so um, the the ability for us to strategically choose how we wanted to execute our, our solution and our vision is is there. Um, and then, of course, as part of the Epic Light trials, is also a test bed for our our uh, proprietary algorithms we're developing to um, not only uh, evaluate the the proprietary data that we're generating, 
but also uh, we are approaching this as a complementary technology. So we're not in the business of displacing what currently exists when it comes to wildfire uh, management. So, you know, there's ground-borne and airborne uh, techniques that already exist. So we're there to add the space element and leverage space as an asset to complement these other existing technologies. Um, and in terms of doing that, uh, there are um, there are ways that we can, let's, what's called leverage the network effect. So taking uh, currently existing global public data sets that are out there from, from great, you know, satellites such as the Sentinels um, and, you know, the NASA's uh, um, Aqua and Terra satellites, right? Taking all these data, all this uh, available data and aggregating it, applying our, our algorithm. So that'll allow us then to then combine our proprietary data sets and directly provide alerts to the users that need them within, you know, in real time. So basically, once we've gone from detecting a wildfire to um, to uh, to uh, an alert that might pop up on a on a device or on a particular system, you know, we're talking about within minutes, seconds to minutes, and that allows uh, those that need to make the decisions. They allows them the critical minutes to make those decisions and go out and do what they need to do. That value-added solution that combines the hardware of the technology, the algorithmic uh, software that we're layer on top. And then the uh, the end product is the whole um, the whole value added chain, and so uh, we've 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 seen that this capability does not exist, and our our research speaking to uh, potential users and customers is is exactly that they crave they really really need this type of timely data they just don't have access to it, and unfortunately current uh, methods are also very limited in the regionalities so. You know, each jurisdiction has their own way of approaching X, Y, and Z problem when it comes to wildfire management. There isn't really a true global approach to doing that. And so um, we also see that as, a, as an opportunity to demonstrate the, the value added that space provides uh, globally when it comes to addressing some of these challenges. Now, okay, so you're going to do the Indian value chain. So upstream and downstream. Um, on the downstream side, I, I'm curious. So you're going to create your own uh, cloud, as it were, your own algorithms to uh, to go through your data plus other data. Are you going to use a third-party service or provide your data to third-party services like something like Skywatch, who aggregates satellite data and then creates products out of that for whoever wants? Or or is that not something you're, you're looking at at this point? And so there are some questions. Those what we call, let's say, data pipelines that exist. You know, you may have heard the last week with with uh, or a couple of weeks ago with uh, Planet having their Planet Labs having their uh, their product launch, are releasing similar platforms when it comes to APIs and, and ways that you can you know you can uh, work with their data and, and work play with their data, similar to what Skywatch is doing here in Canada. Um, it's uh, it's an excellent question, and and I definitely there's ways that we are able to partner with some of those. Uh, potentially with some of those uh, those companies, because at the end of the day, um, when you're looking at wildfire management, the more data you have available to make a decision, the better. Um, it's just a matter of ensuring that it's effectively provided and can be effectively understood. And so if there's ways that we can, say, work in with, with some of these um, uh, data pipeline companies to whether it's analytics or, or, or distribution methods or what have you, you know, those are opportunities that we're obviously willing to consider. Um, but it also comes down to how our users or, or our customers are going to actually use the data that we're generating. And in some cases, 
uh, it's a matter of, of maybe it doesn't integrate well with their systems or they would like a whole new platform. And so as we, as we have these discussions further on with our customers, um, you know, we're getting more and more data every day on understanding exactly how we would, we, they would be able to use our data and how we can really integrate into, in with them in terms of the value added. So, um, that's, that's where we're at, at least in, in that perspective. And, uh, you know, when you look at the overall earth observation market, you know, the downstream, the downstream side is, is what really needs a lot of the focus when it comes to how do you handle all this data, even currently existing satellites are generating so much data on orbit, we just don't know what to do with, or haven't even understood how we can exploit the data that's being generated. So I agree, there's going to be, you know, hundreds and thousands, you know, 2000 plus more satellites being put up there from earth observation perspective in the next few years. We can't even figure out how to utilize all the data we currently have from currently existing satellites and constellations. And so it's, uh, it's a growing challenge with the Earth observation market to really, uh, on the downstream side, figure out what we can do to make that really efficient and really effective. All right. Uh, which brings up a whole host of other question, uh, questions that come to my mind, you know, AI, machine learning, and the rest of it. But we won't tackle that right now. Because before you even get to that, you need a constellation. So... Let's talk about the constellation because this is without your constellation, you have nothing. And so, you know, and the other thing is, you know, if you're going to be able to detect uh, wildfires, and I'm assuming that, you know, you're looking at doing this uh, to start with, with a Canadian market because you're a Canadian company, um, you know, how many satellites do you need uh, to get the coverage that you want? How, what's your refresh rate for? for your, you know, for your data. So, uh, because the whole point is to detect it, right, uh, when they're still small. So, tell us about the constellation. How many satellites are you looking at doing? Uh, and also, you know, maybe if you can give us some of the specs, what kind of sizes you're looking at. Yeah, certainly, of course. So, so I'll start from the, from, from, from the, the catastrophic end and work my way backwards. So, uh, the, uh, the, the spread of a wildfire within you know a 12 to 24 hour time frame can be in excess of of hundreds of thousands of acres that are burned okay so that frames the the timeliness that that is really driving um our our, our user requirements as well as our our requirements for our system so working our way backwards uh you know our conversations that we've had with with various users are they're, they the 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 earliest they can find for us they're always you know if we can this is one of the challenges with with a space company trying to inter interface with users that are so used to wanting the data immediately and right away. They click a button, they want the data. Of course, that that is very challenging. You can't when you're especially dealing with constellations that aren't up yet and operational. That that's not possible. And so, um, finding ways to be able to deliver some of that value added data um, is is uh, one aspect of that. But uh, when it comes to the constellation, you know we're we're targeting um, about a revisit time less than six hours. What that means is we can cover the whole globe in six hours um, and, and cover the same part of the globe in six hours. Uh, that's usually equatorial attitude, excuse me, equatorial latitudes. Um, and then if we're up here in, in Canada, which is, which is our target market, um, it is, is it about four, every four hours. So that gives us the timeliness when it comes to the detection aspect. Uh, the reporting aspect is is the ability where we can say, okay, once the ping is detected, we can send the alert within within you know within those early minutes to to give it in give the data uh, in terms of the location and the size of the fire uh, to those that need to use. Them. 
Um, and then the monitoring opportunity again. So now, you know, now we have a revisit capability of, you know, four to six hours uh, to say, okay, well, we detected it. We sent you the data. Um, part of our also value add is to provide that follow-up to say, okay, well, six hours later, did you do what you said you were going to do? Or did you, um, you know, is the decision you made the right one? And we can then feed that data back to those decision makers so that they can further evaluate whether that was, you know, the, uh, the opportunity was, was timely and that they acted the way they wanted to and got the results they were expecting. And so that gives us, uh, you know, those are, that is in line with what the user expectations are in terms of the, 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 the rapid uh, information that they need in the context of, yes, putting up satellites is not going to happen overnight. So, um, you know, there, there is that. Um, but again, the value add that we provide is then not only saying it's just not our data. We're, we're using then algorithms combining with the network effect to say, well, we can provide you the, the prediction capability based on knowing that if we found it so early, you know, some of the some of the current products out there, sometimes even some of the satellites don't actually detect a fire until it's, you know, hundreds of kilometers inside. That's too late to be able to really effectively do anything to suppress these things. And so um, being able to offer, you know, a resolution that is, uh, you know, within five to 10 meters, you know, we're looking at at something that's, you know, three times the size of a, of a campfire, four times the size of a campfire to be able to say, you know, we can see these things from space now and you can put them out effectively. And those are the both the uh, the timeliness of the data and, and the size that we're, we're driving for in terms of our satellite constellations. Now, but you still didn't answer the question of how many satellites are you looking for to, to, for the constellation? And uh, let's start with that. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yeah, so uh, so based on based on that, you know, if you work the math out, it's about we're we're targeting to set about sixteen satellites uh, into orbit to, to to support our constellation to provide this uh, the value added data. And uh, what size are these? Uh, so the things that we're trying to do again, um, the beauty of the business case is that uh, where the space market is going is that you know technology is reduced in cost. Um, you know, the cost of launch and access to space is, is you know, lower. So there's a lot of less, a lot less barriers to entry when it comes to trying to, to build a, a business case, which is fantastic. And that's a global thing. Um, when it comes to the size of our satellites, we, in order for us to truly be sustainable, we're, we're leveraging as much as we can uh, commercial off-the-shelf components when it comes to our bus. So our satellite buses will, will, will be um, will as much as possible, where possible, uh, utilize commercial off-the-shelf components to be able to keep those costs down. And, uh, you know, throughout the heritage of now, you know, 10 to 15 years of, of um, you know, let's say the, the development of the, the, the CubeSat platforms and some of the standardization that's occurred in the industry, there, there's no reason why this can't be done that way. Um, and so being able to leverage all that to, to, to give us the opportunity to keep costs down is exactly where, we, where, we're, where we're at. Um, and so our, our, our satellites will be able to, to, to do that and provide that access. And so we're, um, we're, we're our designs right now are, are looking, are looking great in terms of what we, what we need. Um, but of course the, the biggest challenge you have in the sphere that we're operating in, um, is that, you know, you have to balance the, the, the technical capability of the sensors and the telescopes that you're using and what you're trying to observe with how much, you know, the, the physics of it. So you can only design, um, you know, if you want to, if you want to have the, the, uh, the, the spatial resolution, if you're in the optics space, the spatial resolution you need to see something, you're going to have to have a telescope that's a certain size. And you have to then, of course, develop your bus around that. Um, so that really drives what we're, what we're looking at and in terms of the size. And so we're still in our early design phase of, of exactly 
the sizes of our buses, but um, it's uh, it's something that's a little bit easier to to digest than some of the other more complicated solutions out there. Have you actually identified any uh, spacecraft spacecraft buses that you're interested in? Or are you still on the we're trying to decide, you know, how what size of a bus we need? Uh, it is more on the, on the latter uh, in terms of what the bus is. So part of part of what the trials we're actually going to do with Epic Light will help us and give us the opportunity to tweak the design of the of the payload instrument to really get it down to what exactly we need, finalize the requirements, and then be able to go out to market to uh, uh, to assess what buses would be would be uh, up, up our alley in terms of uh, meeting our our requirements. Uh, but you make an excellently good point. The, the marketplace is is amazing, and there are really really good quality products out there. That can, you know, there, there's no need for a company to go out there, in my opinion, to, to develop the whole solution in-house from scratch. Um, there are, and this is, you know, this is also the shift, I think, um, with new space companies is that, you know, they're, they're tending towards, okay, well, we need to make ourselves viable. So we need to be able to find out ways that we can do that. And so the shift that we've seen is going from, hey, we have this really good capability. Let's go find customers for it to the more traditional, okay, well, we've got customers now. Let's uh, let's ensure that our that our technology is there, and we we can provide them the, the data and user uh, the capability that we need. And so that shift is is really happening now when it comes to um, in the Earth observation sphere about really leveraging space as that asset. And so um, uh, it you know there's there's some really really good quality products out there that that are you know off the shelf that you can quote unquote purchase and 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 and, and leverage. Um, and so, yeah, and that leads to, you know, the, the type of, uh, you know, the accuracy that you might need when it comes to, to pointing your satellite, how much, how much variance, how many, um, you know, how, how, you know, what your altitude of your, uh, of your satellite is going to be. Some, some, some systems, some designs need to be, you know, have a, you know, work in the 400 kilometer um, LEO space where others can go up into, in, you know, on the border of MEO when it comes to 600 kilometers or 1,000 kilometers and, and leverage that. But all those things are driven, all those design choices are driven by, what is the capability of your sensor and technology and payload, and what type of um, what type of bus can you have to give you the the accuracy that you need to deliver on those uh, on, on that? So, um, and that you know, and so we're we're going through that right now. And again, the Epic Light trials will help us um, really chisel out and finalize our our uh, our payload requirements. And of course, um, um, it's not just a spacecraft bus. Now that the spacecraft bus has gone down in size decreases your capital expenditure in terms of, you know, what you need to go out and raise. And also, uh, because it's a much smaller platform, uh, you can launch uh, multiple satellites on a launch vehicle, further reducing uh, your costs uh, and the need to raise capital. So, um, and of course, so raising capital is obviously uh, an important issue. Um, Have you guys... um, uh, are, are you actually looking at raising capital now, or are you just strictly, you know, working on the design side, getting that ready, and then going out and raising capital, or are you actually out there actively uh, looking for for funding at this point? And so, so our our team has been is essentially been technically vetting the let's say the payload solution for for over a year now with with a number of advisors and and insights from from uh, from around the world to to ensure that we have exactly what we expect to have and and deliver on the quality of product that we, we intend to deliver for our customers. Um, so, but like any good business though, you, you can't, you can't stop and wait for the next phase and say, yeah, we got it. Now we'll move. You got to evolve in parallel. And so uh, building the business of course is, is, is critical for us. And that actually is uh, um, 
as part of the reason why we, you know, the, the CDL accelerator did that for us, uh, you know, kind of helping us to focus on, well, here's what we were thinking of, but actually, um, you know, this is where the, the market is going, or these are some of the trends we're seeing, and actually shifted our mindset in terms of how do we want to, uh, you know, how can we really make this business viable, like you said, bring costs down, um, you know, you know, making things smaller, um, and then, you know, the opportunity to uh, get constellations up sooner by having, you know, a multiple ride share or, or, uh, or multiple satellites on one launch. So um, there are, uh, um, so that helped us in that respect. And so CDL was a, was a big part of that. Um, but also, you know, we've had now the opportunity to join, um, uh, join up with a, a space uh, technology accelerator called the uh, Seraphim Space Camp, which is run by uh, the space, uh, sorry, by the Seraphim uh, Capital uh, Fund. And uh, it's it's really providing us that it's cliche, but that acceleration in terms of uh, building the business side of the business to accommodate for uh, you know the capital expenditures, to accommodate for the designs, to ensure that we are building a sustainable business. And again, the reason why we all got into this with Four Pi in the first place was to have something that is truly sustainable to deliver the value adds to our future generations, you know, to, to saving, the, the, um, saving the world when it comes to you know, the challenges with, with climate change and the like. So um, it's, it's really given us a perspective on, um, you know, having that insight from, you know, uh, corporates, institutions, specialist investors, other startups that are, you know, going through the same challenges, whether it's, you know, intellectual property, um, you know, raising funds and the like and saying, okay, well, here's, here's, um, Here's some approaches and here's ways we can really help shape our business. And we're really thrilled to be, to be a part of, uh, of, of uh, Seraphim Space Camp. All right. So we're basically out of time, but I got a couple of quick questions for you. So we'll have to quick fire answers, unlike what we've been doing so far. Um, so uh, the Canadian Space Agency is uh, planning on developing a demonstration satellite called WildfireSat. Now, they started this before this process before you actually created the company um uh, do they need to do it now <laughs> i mean they've already got started the process with the a phase a contract earlier this year to abb for a sensor so wh what does this mean uh for you and for them uh, so uh, it's one of those things that it's it's wildfire sad is, is still needed and the reason for that is they're focusing on a the scientific specifics of a fire and B, uh, the phase of a fire when it's actually at its max or its hottest or its worst. We at 4Pi are on the other side of the spectrum where we're trying to find the really, really small fire as soon as possible to be able to then send that information down to the user. So we operate on, on a different part of the spectrum, but again, that complementary technology aspect will, will certainly help because we can add that value added data that's generated by wildfire sat into, into our offering to say, hey, here's some added value predictability and prediction capability that we can provide to our customers. So, um, you know, it, it, and that's, you know, kind of the, 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 the government, you know, the public versus private is where, you know, the, the public will, the public facing side will be able to go out there and do some of the things that, that need to be generated for science and to help or help develop our country in certain in ways uh, and take the low risk approach. And we're on the, on the corporate side or on the private side, you know, we're willing to, to try and commercialize this and be able to make it the same from that perspective. So they work together. Um, and I think there's, there's certainly opportunities in, in the future to be able to do so. All right. Short answer is you can coexist. <laughs> All right. So uh, the last thing, 
Uh, aside from the Seraphim uh, Capital uh, Space Camp that you're participating in, um, you're also going to be doing shortly in the next two weeks or so the Calgary Startup Launch Party. So what's that all about and why is it useful to you? So the, uh, the ecosystem here in Calgary for, uh, for startups and especially tech-related startups is, has been growing uh, really rapidly over the past uh, about five years or so. And so we're privileged to be able to, to join a number of different companies to be recognized as the top uh, 15 uh, startups uh, in Calgary in, in 2020 uh, and basically having a showcase, so showcasing these companies uh, in a forum where we can bring in the public, we can bring in uh, potential investors, we can bring in uh, potential customers to be able to chat about what some of these companies offer. And we're, uh, we're bringing that space element, especially out here in Western Canada, which is not very prevalent. And so we're looking forward to, to you know, expanding our exposure, not only locally, but also here in Western Canada with regards to leveraging space as an asset. So we're really excited for that. Now, is that going to be a virtual event now? Correct. Yeah, it's it's all going virtual, just just like as, as many other many other conferences have. So we have a virtual booth we've got set up, and we'll be able to talk to folks that come about and 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 be able to talk more about the company. So we look forward to those that are that are listening to to, to have a have a pop in if they'd like. All right, we're going to leave it at that because we're definitely out of time. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Your feedback is very much appreciated, and you can contact us through our new Twitter channel at the Economy Space. I know the show is called The Space Economy, but we couldn't get that handle, so it's at The Economy Space. You can also send email to podcast at spaceq.ca. As always, if you like what we do, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash spaceq.